You're listening to the Rosenfeld Review. I'm Lou Rosenfeld. I am joined today by the opening speaker at Advancing Research 2024, which is taking place in New York City, March 25th, March 26th. That's coming up, Neil. Neil Barry. Hi, Neil. Welcome. Hello, Lou. Very honored to be on this podcast. Well, thank you. And we're honored to have you. Uh, Neil, um, if you're a researcher, that's who the conference is, is really designed for, UX researcher, user researchers, and so forth. And so um, Neil is kind of an outsider, in his own words, to that world. And that's why we're so excited to have him. He is the co-founder and CEO of 21st Century Brand. And what he's talking about uh, at the conference, we're going to get a taste of today. We're going to dig into it a bit. And... Um, Neil, would it be fair to say that you are trying to get people like researchers to take a different lens on how product experiences can be created, research designed, and that lens is one of culture. Is that a fair summary? Yeah, that, that's right, Lou. Um, I think, yeah, I am bringing an outside perspective on, on this, and I think my... I, I, a lot of my work, you know, I, I work, our company, we work with a lot of um, leadership teams. We get involved in product quite a lot. It's really about creating influential brands. Like our, our whole mission is around building the most influential brands of our time, 21st century brand. We formed out of the Airbnb team. And so we work with the likes of uh, Bumble and Headspace and Monzo and Chime and a lot of, a lot of really interesting companies that are using their pro products quite often to reshape markets, reshape categories. For the better um and so i, I cross paths a lot with with, with product researchers use researchers and um it's just struck me over the the five years of, of, of leading the, the company that we're all trying to make our products as useful and beloved as possible our services our brands um but it it can get quite incremental you can get you can get you know a lot of smart people a lot of people switching between different roles and different companies and, and you know, to really be different and also sort of memorable uh, and, and provide a great experience, it, it, things can get quite similar. You can get a sort of wind tunnel effect, you know, and this can be quite interchangeable quite often when people aren't paying attention. And and so I, I think that the wider cultural factors can really lead to breakthroughs. It's the same in in in, in brand building, um, and because because that's ultimately the lens through which a lot of people are experiencing brands and and products, and so. If we dedicate more attention to that, the, the sort of cultural factors, the cultural experiences that people are having, that dialogue, I think, can lead to really great um, breakthroughs. And so, uh, well, I, this, can I just ask, I, I love that term, wind tunnel effect, and I, I'm curious to know if that, like, do you, is that wind tunnel, um, is it, does it, do you mean in, in terms of, like, how, uh, discovery research is done or do you mean in terms of the broader experience talk a little bit more about the wind tunnel effect i think it for, for me it's you know originally it was the you know there's a certain period i think probably in the 90s like where, where cars all started looking quite similar because mm -hmm. they're all going through the same sort of fil filter and i'm not a car guy so there's probably some piston heads on your podcast going what is he talking about but i think you know what i mean you know th things ended up being quite uh, much more efficient and better to use and all of that but also less distinctive and memorable mm -hmm. 
And and I, th I think there's a danger. We've, we, we have to watch that, in particularly in tech, but just in general service experiences, the more people that we can get to things that are actually are quite simple. It's very, very incremental differences between different different companies. And, and and so I think if we're looking for breakthroughs in the way in which we understand users and, and understand how to cr create great experiences, I think a bit more attention to cultural factors can lead to big breakthroughs. So let's talk a little bit about those cultural factors. Uh, um, is there almost like a, uh, a a framework that you use to tease apart culture into its components. How do you start and how does it work as a lens on research? Yes. So I think it's a culture is a word that's just, which is used in, lo in lots of different, different ways. But for, for us, we think about it as this, the, the, the shared experiences and passions that people are having um, and then it's both the interests and then the experiences and the communities that grow up around those cultures, which quite often shape their world. So whether it's the 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 news uh, that they're they're experiencing or getting getting angry or or passionate about, or the music or the arts or you know di different areas, but it's ultimately about how they are con consuming things, which but voluntarily with others and having shared experiences. So that area of their lives. And, and whether and which boils down to you know passion, different different passion points how how is that paying more attention to those experiences on top of the the experiences they're having with our brands and products is a is a really important so let's factor. take that example uh, uh, of uh, cars or maybe we could use one of the ones that uh, you've worked with uh, like you I know you've worked with Airbnb yeah. and Netflix and Pinterest and Disney and amazing amazing brands there but like you know so not just looking at the let's say the car as a product but you're saying look at it as a part of a culture or subculture yeah. maybe that people participate yeah. in let's look can we dig into that That's a little right. more with an example yeah pinterest is a good example i think because I, I think they're i think they're a good example of a, of a company that have made pretty decisive moves with uh and innovations based based on a you know quite an expanded view uh, of user experience and culture so at which they i don't think they would have got to without that so even if you take the removing the like button mm -hmm. that was a massive move in 2017 when they when they did that and i think what there is at that company that i admire is a real commitment to addressing some of the wider issues that digital platforms can create for people in terms of mental well-being and so on. And so, you know, whilst the light button's clearly great for engagement, um, the fact that it wasn't, there was so much anxiety mm -hmm. uh, around, uh, you know, social media in particular, and, and the sort of idea of quantifying yourself and quantifying your friendships and quantifying your idea, you know, what people think of your ideas, those are, you know, culturally very, that's a very new concept. And, and, you know, just the idea of even counting your friends uh, and being able to do that technically every day or, or counting the reactions. And so getting rid of that, that like button uh, showed a cultural understanding, um, which I don't think would have happened without that proper understanding of, of how culture is impacting on people's lives and well-being. And I think the same, the same sort of understanding there has led to other breakthroughs, which, are, which I've seen from working with them, like, Beauty, beauty search, like the, the way that introducing skin tone filters for beauty search, rather than people 
different ethnicities rather than having to articulate exactly what 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 their skin tone is in writing they can just select it you know and that again i think come comes from te- teams in that case within ventures who, who have a specific understanding of different cultures and ethnic groups and the challenges that they're that they're facing both in the world in terms of feeling disenfranchised and, and sort of not being catered for properly and, and so that sort of cultural understanding leads to things which which I, I think arguably you wouldn't pick up so readily or prioritize so readily if you were just looking at the sort of signals you're getting from the wide you know wide swathe of users so it, it it helps you prioritize things which you might not otherwise do, which and, and both of those initiatives being disproportionately powerful for that brand in terms of you, you know creating a more positive experience, creating more of a conversation, positive conversation around the brand and sort of showing it to be something which is really you know committed to its user base. Uh, it's interesting in the case of Pinterest, the the I mean like a platform that large and broad, it, it, you know, the cultural lenses are a uh, lens is obviously very important in the ways you just described. But I, I wonder in your experience of working with like such a large platform that there are, are challenges around subcultures coexisting on the same platform with the same functionality. So, for example, um, I can see why they removed the like button. But um, did that create problems in the let's say the subculture of people who we're sharing information about, I don't know, uh, mid-century modern furniture, where the like button didn't create that anxiety or, or that those kinds of same problems. So, you, you know, where you are addressing, you know, maybe one subculture's needs, but um, maybe um, taking away some value for another subculture. Is that a, a, something you've seen on broad platforms like Pinterest? Yeah, I think it's right. I think that's where um, having a really clear sense of, of of sort of mission is really important. You know, they're very committed to the inclusive inspiration, like the world's inspiration company is a sort of mission there that we work we worked on with them, with the founders and the CMO and so on. And and I think if you if you know if you're really clear on what that's what you what you're for and what you're about, then it makes it easier to make those kind of trade offs. And I think there was definitely some commercial um, hit. In the, in the in the short term in terms of engagement but longer term it's made the experience more distinctive more valuable and, and has paid off but yeah definitely there's the sacrifices when you make those things so you've got to really know i guess you've got to when you are doing this um you've got to be quantifying what are the right cultural areas for my brand to be focusing in and and what's the value of doing that because yeah you could easily you got you can't do it lightly you've got to be really strategic. and it's got to be so a lot of brands play with culture and, and then get burned you know well, there's no no question well and, and and as you're alluding you have to have some data you have to have evidence and and that calls into uh not question but that means uh there are people who have to work on that and develop the 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 uh evidence that justifies making uh in this case such a massive and risky decision uh to their credit they did it and it worked um we're going to take a quick break after the break i'd love to talk about connecting those dots from uh the where researchers fit what their role is uh and how those how their work can better support those kinds of strategic decisions we'll we'll cover that right after the break you're listening to the rosenfeld review 
Hey, it's Lou. And you know that I like to tell you about upcoming conferences. We do four of them a year. This one's extra special. Advancing Research 2024 is going to be the first in-person conference we've done since 2019. Thank goodness. I can't wait to see people in person. It's going to take place in New York City at the Museum of the Moving Image, a great venue. We've used it before. March 25th and 26th with workshops on March 27th. Advancing Research, this is the fifth edition. We uh, really speak to people who are at least midway through their careers and are looking to get way past the 101 stuff. You'll love to know that the featured speakers are Trisha Wong, Victor Udawewa, Steve Portugal, and Neil Barry. Got some other great people on the program, like Nalini Katamraju, um, uh, Nick Fine, Robin Beers, a bunch of other great folks, and a great lineup of workshops. So if you are a researcher of any kind, and you want to be with other researchers in a really great intimate venue with really high quality content, join us at Advancing Research 2024. Check it out at advancingresearchconference.com. Welcome back to the Rosenfeld Review. I'm with Neil Barry, uh, co-founder and global CEO of 21st Century Brand. He's speaking to me today from London. Uh, we're talking about ideas of uh, how we can look at culture, broader uh, a broader cultural framing as a lens on, well, a lot of things, but um, we really want to dig in a little bit more into how it can be useful for researchers so that they can help organizations get to um, broader breakthroughs, to ahas. Uh, but, you know, like a lot of things, Neil, I think we're kind of working at an intersection. We're, we're looking, we're kind of plumbing the intersection maybe of uh, uh, maybe cultural analysis and, and brand building, which... Uh, I'm guessing are, are really, you know, very much your bailiwick with uh, traditional mm. uh, UX research. And right. those are, to me, the intersections are a little scary uh, because they're often mm -hmm. new and unexplored, but that's what makes them interesting. And so let's, let's uh, go a little deeper into that intersection and, and think about the connections uh, between uh, those two areas. So uh, maybe we could start for a moment by digging into um, a little bit of an overview of the tools that a brand strategy expert or researcher would be using to learn. Um, yeah. and, and then we could compare that a little bit with maybe a more traditional UX researcher's toolkit. Yeah. So I think brand strategy tends to be about questions. Asking great questions is always the key to it. So I think when we, when one of the big things of, okay, all right, you're, you're saying we need to have much more of a sort of cultural lens on research, on the research process for, for my company, for my brand, for my product. The first question is like, well, what areas of culture are, are, should we be looking at? What are relevant? What, what areas are likely to be influencing my audiences at scale? So that's question number one. Mm -hmm. And then it, within that, you're then trying to identify who are the, what are the right subcultures and communities within that and how are they behaving and what are the, what are the key sort of tensions 
within within those groups and sort of behaviors and, and rituals and all, and all of the, all of those pieces and then you're trying to narrow down into which are the most interesting which are the most impact impactful for our area so if you're in dating versus if you're in your potato chips they're in, you know they're in there it's the same sort of set of questions you're trying to answer you're just going to get you're going to get quite di quite different areas out of it and um and I think in terms of the right tools to do that, I, I think there's there's some really good quantitative proper data tracking tools like mm -hmm. Lab. Uh, part of common interest is our, our investors is is a really good nascent one that that's that's starting to be prototyped and, and used really well. There's there's people like um, uh, Simpler who can do it. So just helping people understand in, in the tool in the toolkit uh, uh, that you have helping understand culture at scale in a way that you can sort of feed it audience signals from your own, from your own uh, priority segments. Just to make sure I'm clear. So that, that kind of um, data is uh, emerging from, uh, is it from like things like social media? Is it like sentiment analysis? Um, uh, are there other sources and is it primarily uh, 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 quantitative? Yes. Yeah, I think I think that that's your your ideal. So obviously, certainly social media, you know, if you're using tools, you, you know, your net bases and, and, and so on, or, you know, or ideally tools that are incorporating a number of inputs more broadly around communities that, you know, the Reddit's also just where, where people are spending their time, what communicate, what branded content are they looking at, what communications are they looking at, what, what ads are they, are they look, looking at? So picking up lots of signals at scale, um, in a way that can be sort of mined and filtered through the lens of different passion points. So that that that's where I think you're going to get a good quantitative reading, like where should I be looking? There's obviously more manual ways of doing that as well. Well, do you actually... Um, so uh, one of the, the threads in what I've heard you say today is that there's it's good to have different perspectives looking at the same challenge, the yeah. same projects and so forth. So... Uh, yeah. What what kind of other perspectives or, or tools are you looping into what what sounds like sort of like a the, the foundation of uh, quantitative analysis that you've already described? Yeah, and then it's I mean I don't know if I call them tools, but it, it it's you know experts, lab for experts, journalists, the people who can just you have the sort of breadth of experience um that, that can get you to those sort of in, insights and hypotheses to go and explore and improve out quantitatively so we we will always very involve very quite quite lateral perspectives you, you know if we're trying to if we're working with a peloton for example we might talk to a, a priest because peloton has a cult like policy like almost like a religious type policy <laughs> well, and so when, when you're when you're thinking about okay well how can we do more of that and channel that sort of fervor and passion then Talk, talking talking to a, a, a priest who really understands religion and how to you know rally a congregation incredibly helpful that helped us get to some really interesting ideas for their community when we were working with them so it can you know i think it's a mixture of you know quant scale ai driven sort of analysis and tracking whilst also then taking some leaps and getting some really deep human insight at the same time so that that latter uh uh you know, leap into maybe more qualitative research. It it, it sounds like uh, ethnographic methods might be probably a, a big part of that. Yeah, yeah, so, definitely as well. So anything where you're getting that sort of authentic 
yeah view of people in in their own environment feeling comfortable doing it. but but then but then also you know actually nothing to do with these just getting a perspective on on the, on a particular area like you say like you know if, if religion is an area of culture that we're interested in just go mm-hmm. to the to not not <clears throat> worry too much about the you know the the, the user side even at that point because you're just trying to put together interesting hypotheses to test are, are there um you know uh, varieties of perspectives or 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 tools or techniques uh that are less uh valuable like uh, you know i i mean i don't know how much you do in terms of evaluative research like you know we, we've created a or we have a brand let's let's see how it's doing uh or we have a product and let's see how it's performing yeah. well one area just just in terms of the again evaluate evaluating thinking about the culture side first that we have this thing uh called dialogue mapping which is a really simple thing. We, we use it more in relation to communications, but including product communications. So fin- we do a lot of work in FinTech, for example. FinTech, you're always looking at big themes like progress and control and you know visibility, you know what I mean? The classic things that most, that a lot of FinTechs are trying to provide for people. So a really useful exercise we find is to dialogue the map the dialogue between what people are really saying about these things whether that's in in qual or uh which we did in this case uh community qual qual research and then what are actual brands talking about it so when brands talk about control and how, how they're communicating it on their products how they're communicating in their ads versus how do people talk about control and you get a really interesting you know in that particular project the the brand side is very like control is quite a binary thing you have it you don't you get it and it's quite a sort of quantifiable understandable thing whereas for people it's very emotional and it's very tied into their own sense of self-worth and so and that and a lot of and and that isn't really reflected at all so you you get to quite a nuanced view from looking at the sort of the two different cultures of how people are really talking about controlling their lives and in you know different Sort of uh, how things are portrayed versus how brands talk about it. and dialogue mapping getting to those disconnects gets you to quite interesting things and, and ideas for how you can have a more differentiated valuable perspective on that theme and i think most categories have the similar themes you know if you're in fitness you're going to get into a bunch of different things like motivation or things like that well you, you've used some really powerful words to sort of uh you know frame these areas like fitness for example uh, uh, I have one more question for you and could you you know in a in a word or two sort of similarly frame what you look for or what you will be looking for in the kind of people that you have doing this exploration there's two really important qualities which are slightly opposing in a way what, what one is about being really a sort of acute and um clear about what you're really trying to solve for what you're really trying to ask mm-hmm. uh what, what's what's really the behavior changes what's really the sort of you know able to think in things like get to buy and think just quite you know tool-based thinking or, or framework-based thinking but at the same time being very also empathetic open and curious 
I think that's what makes the best types of sort of strategic re researchers and, and strategists as, as as well. Just those two, that two combination of very clear, incisive thinking to set the the right canvas for for, for investigation, but then very open and empathetic in a way about going exploring it. Uh, that makes sense. I'm always looking for those two things. Quite, it's quite a rare combination, actually. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> but I don't think it's fair to think about. I think you can have quite a lot of people have have that combination. So you have to build teams, and you know, build them con very consciously and and with the differences built in. Yes. Yeah. Totally. And and and, har and harness that. You know, the diversity and harmony, diversity of thinking. Get people that build that trust and dialogue together. Totally. Uh, I love it. Uh, uh, diversity and harmony. And uh, um, I, those are two words I will take away for sure. Um, they are, you know, they don't always sort of fit together, but they, when they do, it's, it's quite powerful. And it sounds like in a 21st century brand, you're doing some really powerful work. Uh, we're really looking forward to learning more about what, what's, what's going on there and, and the whole idea of culture as a lens at your talk at Advancing Research in New York City, March 25th and 26th. Neil Barry, thanks so much for joining us. Before we wrap up, um, I always like to know if uh, our guests have brought a gift or two for our listeners. What you got for us? Yeah, my, my gift on the topic of diversity and, and harmony, actually, is a, uh, a really valuable uh, book called A Colourful Move from the top, which is a it's a book with a mission. It's a wisdom companion, which is and it's designed to inspire the next generation of um, school leaders um, to achieve excellence in business. There's 21 stories of excellence of of, of basically luminaries of color who made it to the top in different fields: architecture, uh, marketing, design, fashion. And it's 21 very candid sort of interviews with their sort of. A uh, very non-linear roller coaster journey. The challenges they encountered, the the allies that they work with, the things that they, the tool, the tools that they use to get through and break through an imperfect system and get to the top. And it, it's great for school leaders, but for everyone in the in in, 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 in this audience, who are probably more like leaders and managers and companies, it's also brilliant for for leaders to help make their own companies, their own departments, their own teams uh, more more welcoming, more likely to attract and empower. Um, diverse uh talent to, mm -hmm. to throw so it's a really good honest candid book um and uh, i'm slightly biased because uh i i helped put it out but i'm not making money from it it's not <laughs> it's not, like it's a not book. Book. i was going to say that before you mentioned your involvement but uh yeah. i guess truth truth and advertising appreciate it but it does sound like a, a wonderful read yeah and if you don't want to read that my second my second gift is a book called the the deluge which is a brilliant uh, book by Stephen Markley. It's a fiction book, and it's this incredible story, um, uh, almost science fiction, of um, e a sort of eco-activist collective trying to uh, save the planet from all this crazy stuff we're doing. And um, and it's just an amazing the way it's written, the, the science, the science inside it, the research in it, the media um, articles in it. It's absolutely brilliant. So the Deluge by Stephen Markley is my other gift. It sounds like it would be a good companion to uh, Ministry uh, for the Future. Uh, yeah. Really good read. Neil, thank you so much for joining us today. It's great to have you. Uh, Neil Barry, co-founder and global CEO of 21st Century Brand. 
Uh, we'll look forward to seeing you on March 25th in New York City All right. at Advancing Research. Thanks, Neil, for joining us. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for listening to the Rosenfeld Review brought to you by Rosenfeld Media. If you like our show, please subscribe and review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast platform. I'd love it if you tell a friend to have a listen and check out our website for over 100 podcasts with other interesting people. You'll find them all at rosenfeldreview.com.